Want to quickly send amazing looking emails to your prospects and customers in just minutes? AWeber is the market leader in making email marketing powerfully simple for small business. Visit aweber.com for a 30-day free trial. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Rock Thomas. He is the author of The Power of Your Identity and also the founder of a community called M1 that focuses on accountability, mindset, and something we're going to talk about today, whole life wealth. So Rock, thanks for joining the show. I'm glad to be here. So let's define what whole life wealth is. Is. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yeah. I mean, you know what happened is I witnessed so many people that chase the dollar and becoming financially free and they gave up their health and they gave up their relationships. And at 45, they were overweight and divorced and a millionaire, but they weren't happy or fulfilled. So I thought, what are the pieces that we could put together that they become wholly successful? And we started to look at some of the things and came up with, you know, six pillars and, and accountability and support and encouragement and challenge. And uh, we've now created 55 um, whole life millionaires. And we're pretty proud of the process working because it's community based. So was there a transformative moment for you? I mean, that where you said, I'm going to teach, you know, people to be millionaires, you know, this certain way. I mean, what what, what was what part of your journey kind of led you to, I, I guess, A, wanting to do this and feeling like it was something that you were qualified to do? You know, like those sticky notes where the guy was trying to create a, a glue that was permanent and he came up by accident with um, the glue that that, you know, went the other way. Um, I started a mastermind group called Go Abundance, a tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous men that choose to lead epic lives and don't apologize for being awesome about eight years ago, selfishly because I wanted to hang out with guys and do some cool bucket list adventures around the world and have high-minded conversation. Well, a bunch of friends, invited friends, and this tribe started to grow and before we knew it, there was the assistance of, of a member, there was the brother, there was this guy, that guy that weren't millionaires yet, but they wanted to hang around us and pick up some of the wisdom. So I broke off and I started this group called M1, which was March to Your Millions. And I started to provide curriculum and introduce them to these millionaires so that they can model them for accelerated success. So it happened by accident, but it ended up kind of falling into my wheelhouse of coaching. So in the book, The Power of Your Identity, I think you um, you state to master your mindset is by far the most important key to success. So I guess I, a lot of people are talking about mindset these days um, as opposed to how-to stuff. Um, how would you define mindset? Well, I think there's a, a few components, but one of the key ones is your ability to respond to the events of life with a high emotional IQ is probably going to determine your success or your failure. People have an emotional home. And right now, as we're going through an adverse situation with coronavirus, et cetera, whatever phase you're in that a lot of people are fearful. A lot of people are afraid of leaving their home and they're doubtful, et cetera, where other people that have a higher emotional IQ, I believe, can ass assess what is happening, but they don't make it worse than it is, and they can make intelligent decisions. I've had some very, very successful days on the stock market the last two or three days. I believe because I don't see it worse than it is, and I see it for what it could be. And I think there's other people that are sitting on their hands 
spending most of their time doing the exact opposite of what Einstein said is, you know, they're using their imagination for what they don't want to have happen. It's called worry versus using their imagination for what they can create, you know, which is an empowered individual. So I think a big part of mindset is your response to the information that's available to you. So how do people get past that? I mean, uh, you know, part of it, part of what you're suggesting is that, or I think anyway, that you're suggesting is that that that's a change that somebody can and should make potentially. Uh, How does somebody who maybe is sort of immersed in the half empty, you know, approach, uh, how do they change that mindset? Well, there's layers to it. We all have a part of our brain that sorts negative files at the top and pleasure files at the bottom, because if you, had 30 days in a row of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And on the 31st day, you accidentally weren't paying attention and spilt and burnt that yourself with coffee on your lap. Your mind is going to sort that to the top. So you don't do that again. You're not multitasking on the phone while you're paying, et cetera, in a way to protect you, which is really, really great. What most people don't do though, is that they don't recognize and then reshuffle those files. So they don't bring back the the pleasurable experience of the coffee 30 times to the top, they get paralyzed by the fear. And the more that people do that and the older they get, the more those files dominate them. And that's when you see people that are bitter, anxious, negative, pessimistic, because they haven't shuffled the files in their brain. So the way you do it is you start to do things like a gratitude practice, or you journal about your successes in a day, you bring those files back up to the top, re-encouraging yourself. Remember the word word encourage is to put courage back in, in encourage. So you got to encourage yourself and be around people that encourage you and then reshuffle the files in your brain through journaling or gratitude practices and you will be a more optimistic person. So it's right in the uh, title of your book, The Power of Your Identity. You want to unpack the idea of identity because I, I think there's not only a lot of confusion. I mean, there, there, there certainly are negative aspects, I think, to that idea. I mean, a person's identity or or the way they view themselves can actually be a hurtful thing. Uh, I, I know you're obviously suggesting it as a powerful, helpful thing. Well, I'm, I'm suggesting both, actually, because my brothers and sisters call me pizza face. And I took that on as a negative identity because I had a lot of acne and it led to me feeling like a loser and staying home and not socializing and feeling like everybody was looking at me and laughing at me and pointing at me and the girls didn't want to date me. And and I became really, really lonely. And that became part of my identity. I have pizza face. I am ugly. I don't belong. Until later in my life, I learned to reprogram that by choosing a model, Clint Eastwood, associating with him and thinking, yeah, he's ruggedly handsome. Well, then I could be too. And then reshuffling those files by saying them over and over again inside my brain, I'm ruggedly handsome versus I'm pizza face and building my confidence. Because we have this desire to perform in a way that we see ourselves. So if we see ourselves as ugly, we're going to behave that way. If we see ourselves as funny, we're going to look for opportunities to tell jokes and to make light of things. So the book is designed for you to become first aware of the programming you've had and then the steps to be able to upgrade it. So for instance, I grew up on a farm and I worked hard and I was programmed to work hard my entire life until I changed that to working smart. And I went from carpenter to salesperson to entrepreneur. And it all came by changing from the inside out the way I saw myself 
romancing it, getting comfortable. Because at first, if you're a laborer like I was, you can't just go, well, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to do paperwork and sell people stuff and feel comfortable with it. There's a period of getting used to it. And the book explains the process to do that. Yeah, that's interesting because I think a lot of uh, a lot of what holds people back is is not just change, but but venturing into a place where they feel like they are a total beginner. Um, and but I think what you're suggesting, I mean, you had to do that, right? Yeah, I think the term imposter syndrome is a good one, right? So somebody that's 100 pounds overweight loses all that weight, they may for two or three years or more continue to feel overweight because they're so used to that identity. Or somebody like myself that worked on a farm, you know, during this coronavirus thing, I, I had this propensity to go out in my yard and, and build things and, 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 you know, work because it's ingrained in me. So the process of changing how you perceive yourself to a way that can be empowered and leveraged to become this whole life millionaire is a process that takes time. And the components, a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself. Because if somebody comes up to you and sees in you a part of you that you didn't see, it can accelerate very much the belief that you could be the type of person that you want to be. You know, I find it fascinating. Um, and you've probably seen this or maybe you've experienced it in your life. You know, somebody goes out and they on their own, they achieve, they're successful. All the people around them, you know, look up to them and then they go back home, you know, where, <laughs> you know, that just what you said, they were the high school runt, you know, they were the, like, you know, the, the, you know, the family thinks of them a certain way and they kind of retreat back into that identity. Um, and I think that that's, you know, it's almost where as human beings, we're almost wired. We, we don't want to disappoint people. We, we want to, we want to prove to people that they're right almost. Um, and I think, and I think that they're, that for a lot of people is a real challenge when they take on a new identity. You know, it's like, Oh, who are you, Mr. Big Shot? It's a really good point. We ultimately as humans want to connect. And therefore, we are searching our brains. How do I connect? How do I connect? So it is a good example of, you know, the you, you grow up in a small town, you leave, you go to Hollywood, become successful and go home. And now everybody's like, oh, who's the hot shot? Who's the big shot? Da, da, da. And then you try to play smaller to fit in. And this is the way most people live their life. And they mute themselves instead of being surrounded by people that celebrate the transformation and the growth that we all yearn and crave. With more than 20 years of proven success, helping more than 1 million small businesses around the world, AWeber's powerfully simple email marketing solutions make it easy for you to connect with people and build your business. Quickly and easily build lists of contacts. Create amazing looking emails with a drag and drop editor. Send and automate email sequences and newsletters and analyze your email performance with AWeber. Start growing your business through email marketing today by starting a 30-day free trial at aweber.com. What role does purpose play? You know, that's another hot buzzword. Um, what role does purpose, uh, a personal purpose, play in achievement um, in your experience? Gosh, I think that you need to have an intention in everything you do. If you go to the gym and you have no purpose, you'll just walk on the treadmill while you look at your phone and surf social media and you won't get a workout. But if you go there with an intention and you're very focused and you go there to build muscle or to push yourself and gain some uh, aerobic capacity, then I think it's, it's everything. So I like to live a purpose-driven life. 
But again, it requires courage because when you're purpose-driven, there's a chance for disappointment. So a lot of people will tell you, I don't really care. I don't need to be in that good of shape. And I don't know what I want when it's just fear is my belief. So we've talked a little bit about mindset. I know a big uh, element of uh, your community and and I think what you teach and coach is accountability. So uh, what what role does accountability play in people actually achieving their, you know, what it is they say they want to achieve? Yeah, I think accountability is absolutely crucial because we will rise to the level of the expectation of our peer group. If you look at a, people that are on a football team or something like that, they'll work out harder when they're practicing with their teammates beside them because there's an expectation. They don't want to let another person down and it circles back to this desire to connect with humans. So in our peer group, it's a big thing. What we do is we deliver content or information. We get them to repeat that content and information to ingrain it to a place where they're very, very confident and comfortable that they have the knowledge. Then they go and practice that particular content, whatever it is, learning how to buy Airbnbs or invest in real estate or write a book or run a podcast. And then they're held accountable by telling people that they respect what their goals are and what their outcomes are so that those people can say, hey, Rock, how are you doing with your podcast? Hey, Rock, how are you doing with losing those 10 pounds? And then they can provide them with support, encouragement, or challenge to achieve it. And once put in that environment, we find that people actually really, really flourish. So tell me a little bit about how your M1 community works in, because I, I mean, I, I think you've given us a sense of what you're trying to accomplish, but from a practical uh, matter, you know, how, you know, how do you structure your, your, I don't know if you call them sessions or tracks or groups or. Yeah. So we, we bring in a street smart millionaire or a model once a week to, for an hour, almost like an internal podcast. So people can start to see the evidence of people that have that they can relate to. Oh, that person three years ago was worth 300,000 and now is worth 3 million because of blah, blah, blah. So we bring that in once a week. Once a week, I do a half hour coaching, group coaching to the group. And then on Mondays and Thursdays, they get a lesson that's digital that they can learn some of the habits and traits and characteristics of those that have already the multimillionaire mindset. There's a difference between the person that makes $50,000 a year and the person that is running three or four businesses. There's a difference to how people run their calendar when they have high demands or is when they're working at W2. So we start to introduce them to ways that they can become more entrepreneurial, give them the examples, and then help them create visions and become better at leading meetings and hiring and firing and training. And so it's, it's like a, it's almost like a university degree for entrepreneurs that is done in a one-year curriculum, and then people become alumni and they learn how to teach within the community and give back. And that's actually very fulfilling because most people in the world uh, don't have that opportunity. They might be a great pilot or they might be a great plumber, but they rarely have a chance to give back. And by the way, giving back is a great level of accountability because in order to give back and teach, you have to understand the concept and the models. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very often if I've had something that I want to do or accomplish, I'll just, I'll, I'll say, I'm going to do a webinar on it because I know I'm going to have to go out there and learn how to do it. If I'm going to, do there it. you go. Perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so talk about the, um, so I, you, you've really hit on the, the, the learning, the knowledge, the coaching, but, um, what it what really intrigued me when we first started talking about doing this interview is that, um, in addition to thinking like an entrepreneur, um, 
you know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, ignore their health and uh, maybe their their you know their mind <laughs> as well as their body uh, in some cases. Uh, you know, what they need to feed that. How do you bring those elements in it to to really kind of create this whole life uh, component? Yeah, great question. It, you know, it comes down to asking questions as a great coach. So if if we work with somebody and they're focused and they're really moving ahead, we divide it into eight areas of their life. And one of them is finances and, you know, career and spirituality. And one of them is health. So we say, how do you rate yourself in the garden of health and vitality? And people will give themselves a six and a seven. And we just ask them, you know, what would that look like if you were an eight or a nine? And they go, oh, I would lose 20 pounds. I'd feel more energetic. I'd sleep better. Well, is that something you'd like to create a plan around? Oh, that'd be really great. So we get their commitment, then we create a plan around it, and we walk them through the same steps I gave you before. Information, repetition, practice, and then accountability. And when they start getting results in that area, they realize that it has a ripple effect to the rest of your life. So you get up earlier, work out, feel better. You're more capable of handling that meeting at the end of the day. You feel better. You look better. You act better. And so one folds onto the other. And then people really get excited about it. Have you uh, now in working with, you know, many, many folks that have, uh, have been in your program, have you identified kind of traits of people that I, I hate to say that you're going to, you're going to look at somebody and talk to them and go, yeah, this person's going to make it. This person's not, but, but you've probably seen some traits that, that give people, uh, perhaps a, a head start or, or, or a better chance of succeeding. Uh, is that, are you able to answer, address that? Yeah. I would say we're we're pretty good at getting 80% right. And every once in a while you think this person's going to crush it and they don't. And you think this other person has no chance and they do. So there are still some outliers, but the core group have these characteristics. Number one is they have a good work ethic. So they were an athlete or they were in the military or they grew up on a farm or they delivered papers when they were 14 years old. It did something already demonstrated past success when it came to work ethic. The second piece that's really crucially important is they're open to feedback. Most people, when you give them feedback, they get defensive. They go, oh, yeah, well, I would have done that, but I didn't have time, blah, blah, blah. And they give you their excuse versus being open to go, oh, okay, yeah, 24 hours in a day, and I'm telling myself this story, I don't have time, but I could actually listen to the audio program while I'm brushing my teeth and folding the laundry. Oh, I had never thought of that. Okay, great, thank you. So we call them passionately curious people. Work ethic, passionately curious, have the best opportunity. So Rock, where can people find out more about, I think it's at go1.com, uh, or goM1.com. Uh, yeah. You want to anywhere else you want to share that people can find out more about your work and about uh, the community. Yeah. So I also have a podcast called the I am movement podcast. They can check out some of my content there and learn about transforming their identity of which you were one of my guests. So they can uh, check you out as well. And they can also go to just rockthomas.com. And I've got a bunch of stuff on my website there and resources and free stuff, et cetera. Uh, so in all the social media usual handles and the go m1.com is information specifically about our mastermind group. Awesome. Well, Rock, thanks for uh, dropping by and uh, hopefully we'll uh, run into you uh, next time I'm out there on the road. You just gave away your Canadian roots there with resources. Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't picked it up until you, until that word, but that was a telltale. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, thank you. Great questions. I really enjoyed being on your podcast. Thanks so much. 